Hey everybody, welcome to the Pastor Mike Drop Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Householder, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Emily Langpaul. Hello, Emily. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm excited for uh, this episode. It's We're going to get into some really good stuff. And I'm excited for our guest. Yes, we have with us Reverend Dr. Richard Webb. Hi, Richard. Hey there. How's it going? Hello, 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 Reverend Doctor. Ha, yes, it is the right Reverend Doctor. Now tell us, your doctorate specifically, I know it's a doctor of ministry, mm-hmm. it, your doctorate is in specifically what? Uh, I did research on, on discipleship, uh, biblical discipleship. I looked at the, the developmental aspects of it, or maybe a better word would be the journey, lifelong journey. Uh, then how we relate to each other and how that helps us be like Jesus, and then how we serve each other. So the fancy academic words are developmental, relational, and missional aspects of discipleship. Developmental, relational, missional aspects of discipleship, which is why, exactly why, in fact, you are our guest on this episode, Mm -hmm. because today we're talking about filling up your spiritual tank. And the cool thing about Dr. Richard is as deep as you are, and there's no one deeper, truly, um, you're able to um, to bring the hay down where the rest of a sheep can can eat it, and I'm looking forward to that. But I'm excited too for this. Before we get any further, yes. we have a sponsor. We do. We've never had a sponsor before. Is a sponsor? Hey. Oh, there, 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 there is. Uh, hey, Mike, how you doing? It's Missions Mike Horseman, and he brought our sponsor card today. It's the Pastor <laughs> Mike Drop podcast is sponsored by the Super Bowl Food Drive Woo-hoo. coming this weekend to a Hope location near you. Our goal is to fill up all the food pantries in central Iowa, and we're so excited to be doing this again. Don't forget to bring your food items to worship this weekend. Not really a sponsor. It was just our way of doing a little pitch uh-huh. For, uh-huh. For, for the whole thing. And Mike Horseman is our missions guy who leads the whole thing. You okay back there? I'm great. <laughs> he's, he's awesome. Yeah, he shared with us earlier that there are over 100 food pantries yeah. that we're hoping to support, which is just incredible. And if you're not local uh, here or in Iowa, just support one around you. Absolutely. Wherever you might be around the globe, uh, this is a good time of year to help mm-hmm. uh, and, and help with the food insecurity issues in your community. Yeah. So that's part of putting our faith in action. That's a part of discipleship. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're here to talk about today about filling up. So yes. our our icebreaker question is about filling up for you, yes. Richard. Richard, we consider you a foodie. Uh, yes. I am indeed a foodie. Yes. So as of late, what what is uh, something that is filling you up that you're enjoying? You talking about food yeah. in specific? Yeah. Well, I uh, did have fun. I, I made a big old honking batch of kimchi stew, or as they say in <laughs> Korean, kimchi jjigae. Um, uh-huh. And it is just fantastic. Um, lots of tofu, lots of onions, lots of pork, mm-hmm. uh, lots of red hot chili peppers, you know. So it's it's not for the faint of heart. Part of your foodiness is the cooking of it. Mm-hmm. Like you, yeah. you learned how to do that. Yeah, yeah. That's great. You could probably get a doctorate in food preparation. Well, I was working on it. Uh, oh. <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> That's so great. Oh. How about you, Emily? Well, I like to cook, but not that much. Uh, so my favorite uh, food to not cook myself is sushi. Mm. Sushi? Mm. Yes. Isn't that complicated to make? Well, I, so I have other people do it. <laughs> or I yes. can have Richard oh. do it. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Uh, there are classes that you can mm-hmm. learn. Yeah. Can you make sushi? No, um, although there is a Korean version of it that one of these days I need to try. Okay, okay. Very nice. And uh, what would you say? I like to fill up on 
all sorts of things that aren't good for me. So I've tried to, to eliminate those uh-huh. from my life uh-huh. and take a little bit better care of myself. One of the things that I discovered uh, when I started down this road of eating more nutritiously about mm-hmm. eight or nine years ago was sparkling water. I used to hate it. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't stand it. And now I just love it. And Pellegrino mm-hmm. is by far my favorite. There are other yes. brands. I know you have your favorite. I'm a LaCroix person. You are You are back to LaCroix. Yes. You're back on. Yes, okay. I am. Yeah, it's Pellegrino for me. Richard, do you like sparkling oh, water? Yeah. Trader Joe's is my go-to. Trader okay. Joe's. It, it's sort of like faux Pellegrino, you know? It kind of is. It's good. Different yeah. varieties. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Got to stay hydrated. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Well, we are here to talk about deeper things Although we are here to talk about getting filled up, yeah. only we want to get filled up with something more substantial. Uh, and so with that in mind, it's time for some questions. I've got a question or okay. two. So, uh, hey, why don't we just jump right in? Anybody got any questions? I, the, the follow-up is, I've got a question. So first question, Richard, we will start uh, to you. In order to fill up our tanks spiritually, where should we start? Ah, that's... That is such an important question. Um, we start actually with God, not with anything we do. But we start with God um, because we really can't fill up our own tanks. Uh, mm-hmm. And when people try, they just get religious, and that's usually never a good result. Um, and, and so the whole goal of, of tank filling is to get into God's presence and, and let him fill us up with his love, his grace. Uh, often it requires a perspective adjustment, so we start seeing the world better like he does. Mm. And then then that overflow is what allows us to go out into the world and do what, what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's just not possible, uh, biblically speaking, either. Mm-hmm. Colossians 2, 7 talks about this. It says, let your roots grow down into God and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong. I think too often as Christians that we put the whole discipleship pursuit in the wrong order, carts skip before horses and such, where we start with, here's all the things I got to do. I I, got to do these things. I got to develop these habits. I got to get into these disciplines. I've got to, I've got to check off this list. I've got to do these things. These other Christians are doing, this is what I got to do. And then I'll Mm -hmm. get there. But actually it's the reverse. We Mm -hmm. start with God. Actually faith starts with God, right? Faith, uh, Ephesians 2, uh, 8 says that it's not our own doing, but it's mm-hmm. God's grace through faith that yeah. saves us, that gets us into this right relationship, that naturally mm-hmm. inspires the hunger for discipleship, that inspires mm-hmm. the good works, yeah. that inspires yeah. the response. Mm-hmm. But if we start with the response, what are we responding to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It isn't yeah. going to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if we are responding to God's grace, if we're yeah. responding to letting our roots grow down deep into God... And letting our lives be being built on him. Then our faith will grow mm-hmm. strong in the truth that we were taught. And yeah. we will overflow with thankfulness. Then it's going to come naturally. Then oh, it's, yeah. it's like breathing. I may not feel like breathing out over and over and over and over again, discipleship, mm-hmm. until I breathe in once in a while. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so we breathe in God first and then it just naturally flows out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think of, of some of the great movers and shakers in society like John and Charles Wesley who founded the Methodist movement. Uh, they did it by being centered in Jesus, and, and all that radical social change in England came out of the overflow of their relationship with Christ. Uh, it's the same tr- in the Catholic tradition, Dorothy Day, who founded the Catholic Worker Movement. Yeah. I'm thinking of the great evangelist Spurgeon and Moody, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and, and obviously Luther, you know, where he, he wrote a letter uh, about how he prays to his barber, who was named Peter. And one of the things he said is, as he'd go through the Lord's Prayer and the Creed and, and other things, he let the Holy Spirit take his thoughts for a walk. <laughs> you know what I love about that is that Luther, as deep as he was, doctorate just like mm-hmm. you, 
uh, well read, well versed, brilliant, you know, uh, nosebleed, high IQ. This is Martin Luther. And yet he had a pastoral heart enough to say, I need to write a letter to my barber to to help him better understand his faith and how to live it out in prayer and those kinds of things. I also heard you preach this last weekend, Richard, at the chapel service, and you quoted I can't remember who it was, but the quote was, you don't give what you don't got. You aren't, you aren't Mm -hmm. able, you aren't able to continue to serve. It isn't sustainable. We aren't, we aren't going to continue to do the right thing every time unless Mm -hmm. we've got it. It's hard Mm -hmm. to give grace Mm -hmm. if we don't have it. It's, it's hard to be inspired to seek a a closer relationship with God, to grow in our faith. Mm -hmm. If, if we don't start with what God is giving us. Yeah. Um, next question, what are the good habits God uses to fill our spiritual tanks? Well, when I think of them, um, they're all from the Bible, the ones that are sort of stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. And so they, they have various names. Uh, sometimes they're called the spiritual disciplines or the spiritual practices or the spiritual habits, whatever you're comfortable with. I don't think the name's the point. But just really basic stuff like meditation, Bible, uh, just reading scriptures, studying scriptures, uh, praying, uh, things like, oh, there's there's basically three groups rather than me just rattling off a bunch of names. There's what we call the inward disciplines, and these are specifically designed to center us into God's presence, mm-hmm. and they don't really do anything. They just create space for God to do something, mm. and so hence, prayer is just like a conversation with a good friend, you know, where you talk and you listen, and I don't know anything more filling than, than sitting around good friends, you know? Yeah. So that would logically make sense with God and, and obviously scripture. And, and then if you go into um, outward disciplines, it's sort of like if you fill a pond full of stuff, it needs to flow out or else it just gets stagnant. So that would be like service. Uh, and then, uh, and, and in fact, that one's probably the big one that's coming to mind is, and, and that can happen in very small ways. And one of the things that's fun to do is ask God in the morning, God, where are you at work and how can I join you? And then just see if he doesn't just give you God moments along the way. And they mm-hmm. usually feel very natural. They're not awkward or anything. You just have opportunity to give what you got. And the third we call corporate disciplines. And these are, uh, I like to say, this is where we practice what it's like living in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and these are several. One is called guidance, where if you've got a decision to make, you're trying to get some clarity on something, what does it mean to get a bunch of people around and have them listen for you? And maybe they do that in their own home and then write down what they're getting. Or maybe you get in a room. I know the Quakers have that tradition where they call it clearness committee. And so, you know, those are some of the corporates. Another one I think is very important is, is confession. Now, that has a bad rap because that name sounds like, well, I have to go abase myself in front of somebody, or maybe I have to go feel bad in front of God. But all it really means is getting on the same page with God about what's going on with you. Mm. And we can do that with him because he's safe. He's the one person who isn't going to run away screaming, you know? And and, and in fact, what he does is he gets a little sparkle in his eye and and a crooked smile and says, ah, we can fix that, Mm. you know? Confession isn't just, it's not just a cliche that it's good for the soul. I mean, it mm-hmm. truly is. Yeah, and that confession yeah. can be as simple as a prayer to God mm-hmm. any time mm-hmm. of the day. Yeah. God, I'm just carrying this. It, it's, it's feeling a little heavy. It feels a little like guilt. It feels mm-hmm. a little like shame if it, mm-hmm. if it gets left unchecked for a yeah, while. Yeah. I don't really know what to do with this, yeah. except I, I need to release this and let this go. I'm not mm-hmm. proud of what just happened or what I said or what I didn't mm-hmm. say or what I didn't do yeah. or, yeah. you know, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, confession to to just to to cleanse it and you know First mm-hmm. John one talks about that yeah, doesn't yeah. it Yeah and in fact it says if we confess our sins in other words if we get on the same page with God it's literally what it means in the Greek then it says God's hmm. faithful with His promises He's not only going to forgive us and reconcile us 
but also cleanse us from all unrighteousness, which I think in more simple language means that he, he'll heal us, put us back together. You know, where we've created a mess, he, he, he puts it back in. He involves us. You know, we have ownership in that. But it's a healing thing. James says that. Confess your sins to one another that you might be healed. Let's, let, I just want to kind of reset the deck for a second here mm-hmm. to make sure listeners mm-hmm. know where we're at. Yeah. So we start by talking about grace. Mm-hmm. So if we're really serious about growing in our faith, mm-hmm. we don't start with us. We start with God. Yeah. Now these spiritual habits or these mm-hmm. spiritual disciplines that we're talking about, the inward ones, the outward ones, the corporate ones, confession, mm-hmm. all these kinds of things are things mm-hmm. that we do in response to God's grace. Absolutely. It's because God loves us we do these things, mm-hmm. not we do these things so God loves us. Mm-hmm. That's really important, isn't it? Oh, man. And, and, and unfortunately, a lot of people uh, who are very religious and very devout, uh, the way they think about their faith is if then. If I'm aware of sin, if I'm contrite for sin, if I repent, then I will receive God's grace. When it's actually God's grace just runs into me often while I'm not looking and changes me, like falling in love, really. Mm -hmm. And then as a response, I get by the power of the Holy Spirit the ability to see myself with clarity, both as someone who's been created well, very good and in love, but also someone who's a bit of a beautiful mess. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really interesting to me, and I, I hope to to everybody who's tuning in that usually when I think people think about spiritual growth, they start with, I have to take this class. Mm -hmm. I have to get more knowledge. I have to understand. I have Mm -hmm. to do a study. And it is that it's not Mm -hmm. that it isn't that, or it can't be that, but it's so much broader than that. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, responding to God's grace, how we serve, mm-hmm. responding to God's grace, how we see our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So I started by talking about that two sides of the coin. Yeah. The first side is we're complicated and that drives us to our knees so that we have to confess or, or we confess because it's just good for the soul. Yeah. The flip side of that coin is God's grace is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. And I've had experiences in my own life and experiences as a pastor with people who are completely convinced, maybe you have too, where they say, uh, one guy just a few weeks ago, he says, there's no way God could love me. Mm. So why do you think that? And he said, because of what I've done. Mm. There's no, I mean, it's no, it was, it's no small thing by the world's standards. Mm. I don't think God can forgive me for this. Mm. And so I said, is this a confession? <laughs> you know, because, because first John, yeah. let's take that mm-hmm. around to the other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Man, what good news. It gives me goosebumps oh. to think about mm-hmm. it. Well, I think of all the, the characters in the Bible who have done horrendous things, I mean, un, unspeakable, shocking, and, and, and then yeah. they turn and God restores them. Yeah. Um, there is a psalm that I, I love. I wish I could quote it. But it basically walks through all the psychological processes of what happens when you don't come clean with yourself, yeah. all the way down to stress-induced illness. Yeah. And it says, until I confess my sins. And then all the languages of healing, restoration, grace. And so we don't confess our sins to make God happy. We confess our sins because it's the beginning of healing. Mm-hmm. You, know, God, you can't make God love you any more or less, but boy, would I love to access that love more. And when we come clean about who we are, we're open. We're giving God permission to go to work on us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the more famous psalms in the Bible, Psalm fifty-one, create in me a clean heart, O God, mm-hmm. and renew a right spirit within me. That's King David after he has an adulterous affair yeah. with um, a man that he sent out into battle to make sure he gets killed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a lot worse than what this guy brought to me a few weeks ago. His confession. 
But it's the same result. Mm -hmm. As David goes through that, he becomes the man chasing after God's own heart. Mm -hmm. That's the idea is I I had one of my favorite theology professors in seminary. In fact, we shared a constructive theology class with him, Dr. Ferdy, Garrett Ferdy, Mm -hmm. who said, we're closest to God, not when we're all puffed up with spiritual pride, Mm -hmm. but we're closest to God when we're humbly down on our knees, Mm -hmm. admitting we need a savior. Mm -hmm. That's where God finds us in the most profound ways. And that's what happened to this guy who came Mm -hmm. to me a few weeks Mm ago when he, he, he truly was convinced there's no way a just God could love me because I've Mm -hmm. done such unjust things. And when we walk through it and it's not just like, well, here's pastor Mike's opinion. It's Mm -hmm. let me tell you what God says about this. Let's go to to Mm -hmm. first John. Let's read about God's amazing grace. When we get to the other side of that coin, when you get to the other side of the cross, there's resurrection. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. freedom. There's new life. And man, the tears. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm just thinking about mm-hmm. it. I'm just here. Here's this macho right guy mm-hmm. who thought mm-hmm. he was God was done with him forever. Mm-hmm. Suddenly he he hears the good news and the mm-hmm. promise of how much God loves him forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a game changer. Oh, huge. Um, next question mm-hmm. is if good spiritual habits fill our spiritual tanks, what empties them? Mike, we can start with you. Uh, we live in a distracting world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we live in a world where there's a lot of noise mm-hmm. in daily life. Emily, I'm sure you feel this too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many things pulling at us from so many different directions. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's tough. Did, did you, Emily, during the pandemic, did you feel like that increased the distractions or decreased it? Some people said during the pandemic, I think life got simpler. And other people said during the pandemic, it got more complicated and it was harder for me to focus on my faith in God. What, 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 what was your experience and what is the experience of the people you're closest to? Yeah, I think both are true. I think that life slowed down calendar wise, like mm-hmm. you weren't going places, you didn't have as many things to get to. But I think the the reality of, you know, me being stuck in a house with three young kids, mm. there, there wasn't a lot of free time uh, or time to think or uh, personal space, for example, or, mm-hmm. or time away. So I think that in that regard, both are true. And so now uh, some of those pressures are still there and yeah, the calendar is filling back up. And yeah. uh, so I think for me coming, you know, back to a busy calendar is what did I learn from all of that in the slowing down, there were still pressures. All of that is still going to be true post COVID. Mm-hmm. And so my hope was to, to figure out what guards I, I figured out during that time. Of us filling up our spiritual tanks, uh, our, our theological mm-hmm. it's legalism on one side, yep. one ditch, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. it's, um, cheap grace, I guess on, on yep. the other, mm-hmm. it's, it's just saying, well, since God's going to forgive me, I'm going to go do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be this horrendously self-centered, immoral person who knows God loves me anyway. So it's all good. That's like, that's just, that's just, that's just so hurtful to ourselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it assumes something that is just a lie mm-hmm. that by doing all of these sinful things, that's going to be the good life. Mm-hmm. It's sort of as silly as say, Hey, I'm going to jump off the Empire State Building because God will forgive me. Well, yeah, but gravity is still going to rise up and, and smite you, to use old language, you know? <laughs> I mean, sin is self-destructive behavior, and often people get caught in the collateral damage. So you never get away with it. And, and the invitation to biblical discipleship, once again, going back to you know prayer and, and all those, is you discover what an amazing, deep friend, brother, father that, that God is. And, and you're like, well, any other life outside of that is you know, to 
put it, you know, biblically, sheer hell. Yeah. You know, and, and so all of a sudden, cheap grace isn't very gracious. No. And legalism is so fearful. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's, when I see people who are caught in legalism, it's sort of this anxious striving to finally win God's approval. Mm-hmm. Describe legalism spiritually mm-hmm. for somebody who doesn't really know what we're talking okay. about. Legalism is, uh, is, is replacing the good news that God has come to say yes to you in Christ with a checklist of things you got to do to get God to love you or at least mm-hmm. accept you. Um, and, and, you know, there's all kinds of ways to approach legalism. Uh, every religious, every denomination has developed its version of it. But it's usually pretty guilt-ridden. It's usually pr- pretty loaded of shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of exhausting. And because we can't live to, up to it, we wind up playing pretend sooner or later. And then that mm-hmm. all implodes and usually someone gets hurt. Mm. Reminds me of Jesus in the gospel saying these people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Uh, Legalism, we do a lot of lip service for God. We say, well, I'm doing these things. I'm doing these righteous things. I'm doing these moral things. Mm -hmm. But we've lost our love. We've lost that. We've lost that love and feeling. Mm -hmm. Whoa, that love and feeling. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's gone, gone, gone. Uh, But Mm -hmm. because legalism is a ditch. It's not just, oh, wink, wink. Mm -mm. You're just too good of a person. You're doing too many Mm -hmm. good things. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'd rather do that than, you know, yeah, be yeah. a relativist or cheap grace mm-hmm. person on the other side. I don't know that I, I both are equally dangerous they, yeah. because both keep us from the experience of God and from growing mm-hmm. in our faith and filling up our spiritual tanks. They, they really get us on fumes. Our tanks yeah, get yeah. empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I just think about um, the church that I grew up in that I will not name the guilty. Um, but they had a gro- whole grocery list of things we ought to do, and half of them weren't even in Scripture. Um, and, and then what we were also known for is not loving the neighbor. Right. Because mm-hmm. we thought that if we just engaged these very private acts, you know, that, that our, our church taught us to do, mm-hmm. that, that then we were a true Christian and that, for example, the poor were there because God you know, because they had done something to deserve it. That's going to lead us right into the deeper dive. So let's get our scuba gear on. Here we go. <laughs> this is a long one. Yeah, I'm, it is. I'm just warning everybody. Emily, take a deep breath. Here we go. Uh, Titus 2.12 says, We're instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. But why bother doing that if the rest of the world is playing a different game and singing a different song, pursuing mm-hmm. a different song, selfish selfish pleasures and setting their own sinful rules for life that affect our societies, Mm -hmm. making it harder for Christians to live without feeling like a freak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, It's a very practical kind Mm -hmm. of question. And Mm -hmm. one of the things about this podcast is we like to get deep into theology. We like Mm -hmm. to get really deep into God's word. Mm -hmm. Thank you, doctor, for helping us do that Mm -hmm. today. Uh, But as that same favorite theology professor Mm -hmm. told us, me teaching you theology is worthless if there is no mm-hmm. proclamation, if there's no application, if there is no place where, mm-hmm. where that theology hits real life. Mm-hmm. And so one of the mottos or themes we have for this podcast, mm-hmm. and Emily, you've heard this many times and mm-hmm. our regular listeners have too, is we're seeking to hang out in those intersections where faith and daily life meet, yeah. mm-hmm. where this theology hits us in the real world. It's our mm-hmm. theme for the year here at Hope, God in us in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. So... Why not? I mean, if, if, if everybody else, and I'm overstating it to make the point, but if so many other people are just turning to their own ways and their mm-hmm. own sinful pleasures, mm-hmm. why bother? Why, why bother living this life? 
who cares if we fill our spiritual tanks as long as we're having a good time? What, what would you say to those folks? Well, this is a, a very good time to talk about that. Um, our society right now celebrates uh, what they call expressive individualism. In other words, I get to define myself and what I'm going to do and everything. I get to decide what my true north is and don't you dare tell me different. Well, guess what? We don't even have to look at anything religious to see how that's working out. Right now, the Mm -hmm. percentage of people with diagnosable levels of anxiety, depression, Mm -hmm. uh, cardiovascular issues, stress-induced illness is off the map. Um, Marriages are not surviving well right now. Things are imploding left and right. So why would I not want to do that? Well, because I know a promise that Jesus said that I came that you might have life to the fullest, even overflowing. Mm -hmm. And so why would I want to engage in something that has some short, that gives me a short-term high, but pretty well takes me out over the long haul. Mm -hmm. When I can engage in a life that's characterized by joy, peace, not having to stare at myself and take my temperature all the time to see if I'm okay, but rather find everybody around me to be endlessly fascinating and even more fill my tank by serving people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the kind of life that isn't determined by circumstances. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, my dad used to say, you know, there's two ways you're going to learn this. <laughs> One is infinitely easier and better than the other. <laughs> and the other is the hard way. The easy way is trust God's word and mm-hmm. apply it now. The hard way is I'll wait till I hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. I'll wait till I'm completely losing yeah. it mm-hmm. um, emotionally, spiritually, physically. It can mm-hmm. come out and manifest mm-hmm. itself mm-hmm. In, in those ways. Uh, and then we have we have a big mess and yeah. chaos mm-hmm. again. I'm thinking of when I broke my wrist. And, and um, anytime you break a bone, you, you get to go through that cruel and unusual punishment they call physical therapy. <laughs> um, and, and I remember, you know, I think I must have asked the question everybody asks is, why do I need to do this? And they said, well, you can either do this right now or you're going to have very limited movement in that hand for the rest of your life. Yeah. Mm. And so, you know, it, it isn't that, uh, that engaging in those practices are always easy. Easy, but but what they do is ultimately they free you. Yeah, we're not trying to say spiritual disciplines mm-hmm. are a piece of cake. Yeah, yeah. They're mm-hmm. disciplines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's like you getting on the Peloton, mm-hmm. Emily, right? Yeah. The, the strength mm-hmm. training. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, I mean, it is fun for you, though. That's mm-hmm. kind of your thing. In an thing. odd yeah. way. Yeah. In an odd mm-hmm. way. But, but yeah. there's also some, I mean, you have to push yourself. Yeah. And, you know, I think about it in, in terms of that. Like, I had to tell myself in the beginning before I loved it. I acted like it was my job mm-hmm, that at least mm-hmm. 30 minutes a day I'm going to work mm-hmm, out because I mm-hmm, believe it's healthy for me. Mm-hmm. I literally told myself it's a job. Mm-hmm. And then I did have this realization of like, okay, well, I learned to mm-hmm. add that much time plus mm-hmm. much more each day. Dupes should be doing <laughs> my time with God in the same way. Like mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. it's not easy to to carve out time. Mm-hmm. But also a lot of the stuff that you guys are talking about as far as spiritual disciplines or a relationship with God, it doesn't have to look like you're in a, a secluded space for an hour a day. You're no, talking no. about conversation with God throughout your entire day Amen. and bringing things to him. Mm-hmm. And, and so it doesn't always look like people think it's going to mm-hmm. look. One of the disciplines is called solitude. And one of the first things that I've learned is solitude isn't always about holding off in a cave for a month. But actually, you can have little solitudes throughout the day, even if you're with a lot of people. Often it's just step back, reflect what's going on, talk to God about it, and then move back in. Mm-hmm. You know? Doesn't solitude make us better uh, at at not missing out on experiences of yeah. listening, of, mm-hmm. of being able to capture moments? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this is what the seize the day people mean, you know, that, that mm-hmm. we got to seize the day. And I think that's 
really close to biblical, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah. not quite, but it's really close. Yeah. I think I think the biblical deeper approach to that is to say, practice this solitude, practice this opportunity, be still and know that God is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't miss it. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. This is the only. You know, the the psalmist says, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us mm-hmm. rejoice and be glad in it. Mm-hmm. This is the only one of this day we'll ever live. Yeah, we don't yeah. we don't get to do it over again. So yeah. ah, breathe in, Ma- make some make some choices mm-hmm. that put you on that path of the easier way. It's not that mm-hmm. it's easy. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a discipline to it. Yeah. But a path that's going to fill up your tank. Trust God. Say, I told you, do these things. Uh, Practice solitude. Um, Confess your sins. Pray. Read the Bible. uh, Worship. Serve. Mm -hmm. Put your faith in action. Uh, Do these things because it's going to bless you. It's going to bless you. I also think as in relation to this, the deeper dive question of being different than what society is doing is when I think about that, I think about that's what God calls us to be is as a Christian, I want to, I want it to be noticeable that Mm -hmm. I'm living in a different way and following God. And so Mm -hmm. going against society, isn't even something that God thought was bad. Like Mm -hmm. we're supposed to be a light here. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus describes our relationship with the world. It's not really his main point in that he's praying, he's preparing, he knows he's on the way to the cross, Mm -hmm. but he, he teaches his disciples along the way. He says, you are in this world, but you don't belong to it. Mm-hmm. So that's why we don't feel at home here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We, we aren't home until the kingdom comes, yeah, I- yeah. until it's fully coming. And we get glimpses of it now and we're like, oh man, that felt so good. Right. Because it's a glimpse of home, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, of what it's going to yeah, be like yeah. when you're home and it's safe and you know you're with God, that's as good as it gets. We're not home uh, until we get, until that kingdom comes. Until then though, we're sent into this world. Yeah. Too many Christians, I think they say, well, I'm, I'm in this world, but I don't belong to it. So I can hate it. Mm-hmm. I can dismiss yeah. it. I can cancel it. I, I can say, I don't need anything to do with, it. I can make you the enemy. That's such a big enemy that I don't even have to hang out with you or, or re or love you. I, I, that love my enemies thing. That didn't mean you because you're such a horrible person. We start to justify it. Yeah. That's not Christianity. Christianity is way more radical than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It means at its deepest levels, if we're really growing in our faith and our tanks are full, mm-hmm. that even though we don't belong to this world, we're sent into it. Mm-hmm. That's what Jesus said. Mm-hmm. You're still sent into it with what? Love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That goes back to, again, John and Charles Wesley, is they had a very strong sense of where their home was, but that enabled them basically uh, to, to alter English society so radically that they avoided a bloody French-style revolution. Yeah. Um, you think of the early Christians. Um, Jesus said that they would. He said, "May they know that you have sent me, Father, by their love for each other." Mm-hmm. And and over time, they changed the entire empire. Not just their love for each other, but their love for the outsiders, even when they were hostile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's so good. We unfortunately we have to shut down. You said mm-hmm. earlier, this will be my mic drop moment. There's nothing much better than just friends sitting around talking about things at, at Christian fellowship, the koinonia that we talked about yeah, or in an yeah. earlier episode. Mm-hmm. But that's part of growing in faith, too, mm-hmm. that we would mm-hmm. do this in community. I really enjoyed that today. I really just enjoyed talking to you. And, mm-hmm. and thank you for joining us. We, we always kind of think of this as your spot at the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for jumping in and uh, being a part of this conversation. And um, thanks for spreading the word about it, too. My mic drop moment is that, but also just the very simple thing you said at the start. Mm. If you really want to fill up your spiritual tank, if you want to grow in faith, it 
It's got to start with God. Mm-hmm. It's got to start with God's grace. Mm-hmm. How about you, Emily? Yeah, I think, Richard, you said all these spiritual habits we're talking about, some could perceive that they're for God, mm-hmm. but but they're for God yes. doing it for us and finding freedom and yeah. love yeah. in those things. I think that yeah. that's huge. Well said. Do you have a mic drop moment, Richard? Something that stood out for you in our conversation today? Mm-hmm. Something you'll take with you? Something you're chewing on besides your... What was that? What was that recipe you said at the beginning? Oh, kimchi jjigae? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, other than having your mouth water for that maybe later <laughs> yeah. today. Yes. Well, actually, something you said about, yeah, each day we, we don't get a, a do-over. And mm-hmm. I just, uh, I read a book once that, that, that talked about each day is an encounter with the, the living God in a unique way. And mm-hmm. it just what went off in my head is, I don't want to miss that. So I'm mm-hmm. going to walk away being just a little more intentional, uh, intentional about how I... I, I spend the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said. Mm-hmm. Always fun to hang out and just kind of, kind of talk, uh, theology with you, Richard. It just doesn't, it doesn't get much better than that. Uh-huh. You are, um, you are a blessing to this church and, mm-hmm. and to this episode too. Thanks mm-hmm. again for joining us. I'm looking forward to next week. Yeah. Uh, ne- next week we're, we're starting a new series here at hope. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to take it deeper. It's called taking care of you. I'm preaching this weekend on physical health. So we're going to talk about that next week and, and how our faith and the way we do take care of our bodies in detail and how it matters and how it makes a difference. So we'll see you then. And uh, thanks again for tuning in. Spread the word. Thanks for joining us today. Please click like, share it with a friend, and subscribe so we can see you next time.